Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. But Ericsson has nabbed it from Milivojevic, and there's a chance for Son here to be played in. He's in space on the edge of the area on the right side. He works it onto his left foot, drives it forwards and scores! Jungmundsson scores the first goal! Tottenham Hotspur at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I'm Tom Rennie and this is the Premier League Preview Show. Our panel today, Talk Sports football editor David Walker, also an FA Cup winner in Paul Parker. And David Connolly is here as well, who played for all the clubs under the sun and the Republic of Ireland as well. Great to have you with us on the show. Uh, right, let's get to it. Let's start with the FA Cup semi-finals, shall we? You liked that one, didn't you? Uh, let's start with Brighton against Manchester City. Saturday, 5.30 UK time. This one gets underway. Uh, let's start with uh, Brighton here. We'll get to Man City, obviously. Uh, David Connolly, let's come to you first on this. Now, Brighton beat Millwall on penalties. We talked about that the day after. Uh, they must have felt when they got that game won, the way it all unfolded, the way they won it, their name was on the cup this year. Then moments later... The balls come out of the bag or receptacle or whatever they are these days. Very the modern. Is it bag still? Yeah. It's a bag into a recep- receptacle. The velvet bag, yeah. Out. out of the velvet bag. It's still traditional. I knew that. Uh, and they pull the balls out. The numbers come out and it's Manchester City. You've got to tell me, David Connolly, how Brighton go about beating Manchester City in the FA Cup this weekend. I can't tell you because, you know, it's going to be virtually impossible for them. Let's be honest. They're in really poor form, Brighton. They got out of jail to actually get to this stage. I mean, they're terrible against Moore. They really were. Um, he had to make a couple of changes, and the subs came on at the den and done really well. The likes of Solly March were superb, but without maybe that impact, they wouldn't even be this far. It'd be Millwall contesting this game. Look, City, even the other night, their bench, I don't know if you saw it, I mean, it had Sterling, Walker, Company, Gundogan, the two Silvers. I mean, he could probably feel two sides. Mm. You know, the team he puts out in this game, look, Swansea gave him a scare. We know that. Um, however, I, I just don't think Brighton are going to run them anywhere close to you. The only thing you could say is maybe they might take it a little bit lightly. The fans possibly are because I think they've sent back about 20,000 tickets. So maybe they just think, well, you know what? Either we've kind of had enough of football or we, we're getting a bit fatigued going. Imagine or, getting fatigued of success. That's yes. a weird feeling, isn't it? You must yeah. be fatigued of it, Paul. Success, too much of it down the years. Is it, I'll tell you what. Go and get yourself relegated. Find out how fatigued you really get. I've got that one behind me. You don't. You don't ever forget that, and you never forget winning things. And you definitely don't forget being involved in teams that are attempting to win trophies, to to play in cup finals. And City, really, it just 
just it's bad really when you look at the the gates are getting for games even like last night it was a big game going towards a league title mm. and they're still not selling selling out their grounds. They're not filling grounds. Mm. And and is that a little bit of arrogance to send back so many tickets? I, they sent. They haven't sent that many back, have they? No, it's about five to eight thousand. I yeah. think that have gone back. So Look, it's not. But it's still quite a lot. It's, it's I mean, you've got to be quite annoyed, Dave. I mean, you know, you'd kill a relative to get there for the weekend, right? To watch Watford walk. <laughs> do you know walk what? over broken glass barefoot. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I'm actually not going to be there. You can't make it. I can't what, make this it. This time, stag do, yeah. friends party. You're gonna, nice I, I've dinner. Got, I've got a feeling in particular. Paul's going to kill me for this. Go on. Right. I'm going to be in New York at the weekend. I'm going to be at WrestleMania. Oh, Dave! <laughs> you know what? Since he offered me the opportunity to... Throughout there, I'm, oh. I'm not even going to have. I'm not even going to say anything. I'm using the words "silence is golden." That's an absolute <laughs> body slam for all of us. I think we can all agree. Very good. Uh, but look, no, Watford haven't. I don't think quite sold out all their tickets yet. But we'll get onto that game later. Sure. But I think people have a bash at City for this, and I, and I don't. You know, look, it's the fan base is what the fan base is. I don't think it's fatigue. They've got. You know, they they're not. It's, they haven't got as big a fan base as Manchester United yeah. or some other big clubs. But so should it, it, should it be enough. somewhere else? Should it have been like the olden days? Maybe, I don't know, Paul, where you played it, it uh, semis would have been out. I, got to the I think I got to the quarters, but the Villa Villa Park would have been a, yeah, a great place yeah, for it. Absolutely perfect. It would yeah. have been middle ground for both. So Wembley is absolutely absorbing. And people are fed up of going to Wembley mm. and seeing semi-finals at Wembley. They don't, they don't really mm. get it at Wembley. Yeah, the magic, the magic has been taken away somewhat yeah. of Wembley and it's... But it, it's not going to change. Yeah, that, it's that's that the way, way it is. for reasons we all understand. Look, it's if, be there if for the checker trade had eighty-five thousand and we yeah. got an FA Cup semi, which hasn't got you know as many fans, it'll be disappointing. Yeah, the atmosphere but will still be good on the it day. It will. It will be good. And those those City fans, those Brighton fans, Watford Wolves fans, they'll be all be on the day, there on the day, and they'll all be desperate for their team to win. And and bringing it back to the the original question, Tom, how are Brighton gonna gonna win this game? Do you see any way? You just you just can't, can you? I mean, do you you are trying to defend, and they'll just pick you off like they like City did to Cardiff last night. I mean, they night, don't have many injuries right now. Try do and they? go at them and Pascal, Pascal Gross is fit. He's not been fit for so much of this season. Izquierdo should be fit for this game. He's missed quite long swathes of it. And Doné and Johan Baksh have started playing well recently. They've got attacking options defensively. We've spoken a lot over the last few years about how good Dunk and Duffy are together. Matt Ryan's a good goalkeeper. You know, they're look, not they're, the worst team. No, look, they're a solid back four. They've got two decent midfield players and, you know, Dale Stevens and certainly will get around and David Proper. He likes to play this 4-2-3-1. He's not going to deviate from that. I don't think there'll be many goals in this game. Certainly, you know, not for Brighton. And it's just whether they can keep it as tight as possible. I think their best performance recently was probably against Palace. They did really well there. You know, uh, they're heavily reliant on Glenn Murray. Mm. You know, they're, they're probably going to need something special from Knockart. But, you know, he hasn't really delivered week in, week out. But he might rise to the occasion. I guess that's what you're hoping for, that one or two do do that. Well, it's the game. It's the game. Them playing at Wembley would be big. If you, an average team would become a good team playing at Wembley because of the fact that there is just something different. But then you've got to hope. Hey, look, they only had one shot on target against Chelsea. Mm. Right. So they're not going to, look, they're not going to have, one, they're not going to have the ball. They're probably going to have it, what, 20% of the time. From that, they might get one shot, one shot, and they've got to take it. Mm. It's going to be hard. Um, let's talk about Manchester City then. Uh, they beat Cardiff in midweek, scored two early goals, then kind of shut up shop in that one. Um, they've got the Tottenham game coming up next week in the Champions League, the first leg of their quarterfinal in that competition. They rested players in the league against Cardiff. Are they going to rest players, Paul, in the FA Cup semi-final, thinking about the Champions League in midweek? But they can afford to rest players because they've got quality up 
18 players, 19 players, you can name them, which are quality. So they can go and do that. And it ain't really, it isn't, I should say, going to affect them for the Champions League. But what does it mean about the FA Cup if we see Phil Foden start, made his first Premier League start um, yeah. or in midweek against Cardiff? If he starts in midfield, if we see, I mean, I don't know how fit Aguero is, but Jesus starting, we see a lot of second-string players. I mean, it's the FA Cup semi-final. This is what you used to save your players for. And, and now we're going to be saying, stay home, Aguero, as your calf, leave it for the week. Yeah, That's but not great, is it? He'll start, won't he? Him and Sterling, they'll definitely start. They I think so, him. yeah. And they're basically playing twice a week for the rest of April. So, you know, I mean, even Deeney will get on to Watford, but even Deeney this week is saying, and you can talk about the merits of playing the league game leading up to an FA Cup semi. Now, even he's saying, I'm oh, knackered. I need, <laughs> I, need, I need a little rest here because they're playing an awful lot of football leading up to the semi-final. But City can cope. They've got the no, squad but that's that the can point. cope. Look C- at their bench. Yeah, yeah City can, but a lot of other sides can't. You look at Brighton and, and Watford, they obviously don't have the has same Deeney depth. Has Deeney really said he's tired? Yeah, yeah he really has, come yeah. out and said that? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's astounding me, that, as a player has come out and said he's tired. Well, he, I think look, you're getting into, you're getting into April. You're getting into April in the real depths of the season. There's an awful lot riding on these fixtures. I'll just look at it that way, be honest, David. It's work, and you are going to get tired. And it's part and parcel. You go into a semi-final. If you you are going to be maybe tired, but in a way, it's a semi-final. You shouldn't be coming out saying I'm tired, and it just doesn't make any sense to me that a player saying it. And I, I can't ever remember anyone ever coming out and saying publicly. I'm tired. Speaking of tired, let's get on to Benjamin Mendy. He will face no action from Manchester City as he did not break club rules when spotted out partying in the early hours of Saturday morning. There was a training session the next day he turned up for. Uh, Benjamin Mendy has been injured a lot during his time at Manchester City. His performances were being brought into question before this latest injury. Paul Parker, do we see Benjamin Mendy in the FA Cup team? And do we see him? In the Champions League team as well, does he have a future at Man City with his sort of raving behaviour? I don't think anyone's going to be surprised if Manchester City go out and buy a left-back. I really don't, because even when he's played for me, he hasn't been the player who I saw at Monaco. And one thing I did learn as well, which maybe I should have listened to a little bit more, is that when you are out injured, you just don't go out. It affects your rehabilitation without a shadow of a doubt mm. doesn't matter if you're saying oh, I'm not I'm not drinking it's the fact you're out late and you're putting stress on your body and he shouldn't be doing that especially now football is so public it's a silly thing to do every time you see Mendy he's out on a pitch doing things he's got a phone in his hand taking pictures yeah. people want to see him playing football I mean I, I read about uh, Bertrand Ryan Bertrand he was out injured he asked for all the games of Southampton Looked at how they played under Hassan Hurtle. Now he's back fit and he's flying. And I'm sure Pep's thinking, Mendy, you should be doing the same. Let's move away slightly from the FA Cup because, of course, Tottenham Hotspur played their first game in their new ground this week. And that is where the game will be in the Champions League uh, in midweek between these two. Just a quick question from two of the guys that were there uh, in midweek. Paul, let's come to you first on this, the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Where did it rate for you? How was the atmosphere for you? And, And do you think it will give... Maybe an unfair advantage to Tottenham going into that game in midweek. Well, it can be as unfair as it wants, really, for Tottenham. They need something because it's been that you know it's been unfair from the fact of playing at Wembley for so long. The, what they've had to endure, and I mean that by the players, and they've done great to achieve what they've achieved by you know playing away from home for so long. As a stadium, you have to give it for me ten in every department. The atmosphere was absolutely fantastic, and sitting in the press area, then looking to my right. And seeing that stand, the stand is absolutely immense. So it's seventeen and a half thousand people it's in that stand. It, the highest stand amazing. in Europe, thirty-seven meters high, I believe. 
I mean, you were there, Dave. You were able to soak it in. It was incredible. The the, the sort of small pre-match opening ceremony, if you like, where we had uh, there was sort of kids and a choir from the local area singing along and with Mr. Go, Mr. Go, Mr. Go, 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 Go Compare. Yeah, yeah. Was, was I singing. mean, we had heard Adele was going to be there, and it turned out to be the opera singer from the Go Compare ads. And I, mean, I think he did a better job than Adele would have done. I have to say, yeah, it was a fantastic was, yeah, moment, was... and and th- it was spine tingling actually when the fireworks went off. You see, all the f- the fans were waving their flags, the lights were going off, and you could really feel the emotion and the the, the joy that Spurs and those supporters were back home. And the game itself didn't quite live up to that, really. It wasn't the best game of football. Two scrappy goals, but they got the job done. They got a, they got three points, which are really important three points to sort of get them back on their feet after a really difficult run. I think the stadium, I think I think now they've got that first win, I think you, you haven't got any worries about them struggling with it at all. I think it will help them. I think the atmosphere against Manchester City in what is a huge, huge game in the Champions League will be amazing, probably a, a level up from what we had against Crystal Palace. I think, as Paul will will rightly attest, there are some issues around the stadium with access and getting into it, getting out of it. I mean, the queues, even though they've got those six-second beer cups that fill up from the bottom, the queues are still (laughs) enormous. They can do 10,000 pints a minute. Well, I mean, I think they ran out at one point. And you, you've, you've still got the stadium in the same place as the old one, but you've got about another 25,000 people coming in and out of it. So obviously there was going to be issues, but I, I think they've done as well as they can. Questions to answer for Spurs, but one final question for you two guys having watched the game. Did you visit the Tottenham Hotspur microbrewery? Did you have a pint of Spurs ale? No, I didn't. I was working, but I did walk past it. You did? I did walk past it. I could just see it over there, a mass of people who were there, by the way. Did but you ever go, Dave? I couldn't get close. No, no I chance. I tried to, but I couldn't so get through the crowd. It's me being a professional saying it would, didn't enter my mind. He was I in the cheese room, the yeah. cheddar room. I, I, I think the cheese room's a myth, actually. Apparently, the artisanal yeah. cheese room isn't really happening. It was a shame, because I had so many puns ready for the game. Couldn't use a single one of them. Um, you know, what a shame. Anyway, that's all to come. That's it midweek. Spurs up against Man City. We'll talk about that uh, next week, reviewing that on our next preview show. Listen, another FA Cup semi-final coming up this weekend. And if Man City against Brighton is moderately predictable, I don't think the next one is. We'll talk Watford against Wolves next. Right, let's get into Watford up against Wolverhampton Wanderers. The Sunday FA Cup semi-final. What a fantastic game this is. Um, I was going to go to David Walker, our football editor, the Watford fan, but of course we know he's more a fan of Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't know any modern wrestlers uh, than he is of any Watford players. Uh, So let's start with Wolverhampton Wanderers, if you don't mind, because I thought they were fantastic once again against Manchester United in midweek. Paul, you would have watched the game, of course, former Manchester United fullback. Second time they have outclassed United, Wolverhampton Wanderers, in the space of a few weeks. Um, How impressed... With Wolves, are you? And what about that front two as well? Jota and Jimenez. It's so good to see a front two that seem to have an on-field relationship. It's like a throwback in many ways. It is a throwback. And Jota took a bit of, bit of a while to get going from what, he'd, from what he'd done last season. He um, It took him a while to get get into it, to Premier League, and he's made making himself into a star. Jimenez is just, he's just everything of an old-fashioned centre-forward. He works hard. He's sticking his body on the line. He's making unselfish runs but he, he can nick a goal as well but the main thing for me is that Wolves have not been given enough credit for what they've done so far this season they beat Manchester United twice deservedly so but everyone has talked about United's issue and me even though I'm, I'm ex-United I still think Wolves deserve what they got they deserve to win both games hands down as much as United could say they had their little spells in that last game Wolves would for over that hour and a half 
Wolves had at least 60 minutes of that game of control where they looked in charge. They've been really good against the top six, haven't they, this season? They've they've not been phased at all by some of the big names and the big teams and the big stadiums that they've gone to. And at Molyneux, very comfortable, another ground with a fantastic atmosphere. Um, but I, I wonder, when it comes to this match, are Watford a team that Wolves might struggle against more so than against a Manchester United or a big team like that? Well, the only thing I'd say is I, I'm a huge fan of how they play. Um, Wolves, right from the Championship, they've carried it on. Yotta's evolved, doesn't he, to sort of play up front a little bit more uh, as opposed to out wide. They struggled against Burnley and they had loads of the ball but they lost and I thought well is that because Jimenez didn't start they kept him on the bench you know and is he that important to them well I'd say he probably is is. I think he's going to sign for them permanently today actually I believe it's 25 or 30 million yeah Yeah, that may be done by the time you're listening to this out there but we're expecting it done anyway and for 30 million ish that's a pretty decent signing isn't it I mean he's got Let's be honest, he's got the lot, right? And if he didn't sign, if he didn't sign for Wolves, there'd be a cure mile long of, of you know your West Ham's or, or someone at one of the big boys. Well, taking I think Slavon Bilic once thought Raul Jimenez was done about eighteen months ago, and then they signed um, Simone Zaza instead. But let's move on from that. Back yes. to Jimenez. Well, I mean, I think they're they're playing really, really well. I think this will be a, a very difficult game for Watford because I think, to be honest, that Wolves have got a lot of width in their side. Watford are very dominant through the middle, and I think what they have out wide, Wolves, I think could really hurt the Hornets so I think it'll be a difficult game I fancy Wolves on this one but I think it'll be close because Watford you know they've got different sorts of strengths and if they get them right then it could be tough look at Burnley how well they did against them so you never know it's an interesting point you make about the width there because I I was at Vicarage Road on Tuesday night when Watford played Fulham in the first half Fulham played a back three and they had wing backs and Watford really struggled actually to deal with those with, with those players in wide areas and Fulham got a bit of joy coming in from from the wide crossing them in and the Wolves wide players Doherty or Johnny whoever they have out on the right will cause Watford more problems than the Fulham players did because they're much better that midfield is so interesting I think for this game because you've got Kapu and Decore have been fantastic in midfield for Watford this season on the other side you've got Matinho and Neves and Dendonka will play as a trio and I've got to mention uh, Matinho from midweek because I'm watching the game and I'm thinking Matinho was £5 million I know he's 32 and, and coming kind of towards the end up against Fred, it was £61.2 million. Mm. And I know who I'd have in my Manchester United midfield. I mean, the quality of the game from midfield. You know, we watch teams outside the top six in these big games and sometimes it becomes a bit harem, scareum, bung it forward to someone, knockdowns and all that. I don't think that's the game we're going to get. I think we're going to get a good football match here between these two teams. Oh, well, They'll get it down and play. Absolutely. And the one player you didn't mention there who I think is, is definitely got the talent and if he's fit, hopefully he'll shine is Will Hughes you know for Watford mm. who's, who's the goal t- he scored player. in midweek as yeah, well fantastic now you know he's at I guess maybe a, not as glamorous a side as uh, you know some of the others arguably and is that why he hasn't got a chance for England I don't know but I, I think he's a terrific talent a lot of injuries during his career yeah. though maybe that is, is a bit of an issue in there but if he keeps playing as good as he, as he was in midweek then, then hey, look, they've got uh, they've got a good height haven't they with Kapoue Decore you know they can be a threat at set pieces Watford a real threat so I think it'll be a really good game. But I think when we talk about, when you talk about good threat from set pieces, Wolves aren't too bad themselves. You look at the problems they cause people. Mm-hmm. Someone who's underrated for them as well is Bolly. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bolly doesn't get a doesn't get a mention. But I tell you what, everyone talks about Cody. Bolly is a very very good centre half. I mean, the, the only other I guess issue for Watford is what do they do with the front two? You know, does 
Does Delefeo because he came off and Gray came yeah. on and was excellent? Is, is Gray going to partner Deeney? Gray looks think, like he's arrived at Watford now, doesn't well, he? Well, and he's not happy being a sub. He says, no. I, "I don't want to be a super sub. You know, I want to start games." Now that's a big call for the manager because Delefeo has been excellent. You talk about the front twos; they've got Jimenez and Yotta, and Watford obviously got uh, Deeney and Delefeo. Andre Gray could not have done any more to get himself into the starting lineup for this semi-final. Uh, that the, he's he scored off the bench in three home games winning goals including that quarter final against Crystal Palace and then he came off the bench at half time against Fulham didn't manage to score because he didn't really get any clear cut chances but he was electric he created two goals he completely changed the game he looked strong confident he, his passing was he was fizzing it into Deeney and getting it back they were they were they were unplayable almost would you play him from the start but the the question is has he found his role as this impact substitute who's who's mm. who's who's found a way of changing games from the bench and the 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 shape of the team would change a bit if you started Dini and Gray because what you do with Delafeo I don't think he likes playing Delafeo out wide in the midfield because he doesn't offer you anything defensively I at saw, all yeah, I saw Dini and Gray play against Queens Park Rangers in mm. the um, in the cup and Gray wasn't that wasn't that good yeah. to be honest he had a quite a poor game he did look like a player who has come? Who has come through the leagues? To be honest, in that game, mm. but then I've seen him since then, and he's looked better. But playing with Deeney, Deeney dropping off, in my opinion, didn't really help him. I mean, he, Gray, he doesn't have the the skills that Delafeo have. He's not as no. you know, he's not as intricate with his feet. Is he? His hold up play and link up isn't going to be his strength. But you know, going the other way, he's a real handful. Let's talk goalkeepers for this one. Uh, John Ruddy has been playing in the cup in uh, previous rounds. He even got a game in the league before the cup to get him ready for the quarterfinal. Though we'd imagine Rui Patricio will get the nod. He did play in midweek. And what about the other side as well? Horadio Gomez had that emotional goodbye to Vicarage Road in the quarterfinal when he played. Got to be Ben Foster, hasn't it, for this one, you'd imagine? It's a huge call. Because obviously, on form, Foster plays. He's been one of the best signings of the season in any position, let alone goalkeeper. Um, but go the thing is, Gomez, if he does play, I think all the Watford fans and, and the players and the coach will know that he won't let them down. It's not like you're putting a kid in. You're not putting someone untested in. He, he is an excellent goalkeeper still at his age. And he, and he did well in the quarterfinal, made a crucial save at one all. So I, I, as a Watford supporter, I wouldn't be unhappy if Gomez lines up, but on probability, if, you, if you're being cold, hard and ruthless about it, you've got to pick Foster. I think Foster will start. I think that he'll be demanding to... St well, I wouldn't say demanding, he's not that, but you know he wants to play. He Has doesn't to. care about training, but he's already said that. He wants to start. And to me, you've got to pick your best side. You're going to win a tournament. You're going to win a trophy. Mm. See, I'm going against everything I normally say is that sentiment. I just look at someone like Gomez and I look at Ruddy's played in every game through it and all of a sudden when it comes to something that matters, it's going to be taken away. And as much as anything, yeah, people say, yeah, it'll be all right. He'll be on a, sitting on the bench. You'll get a medal. It's actually playing. Having a medal is all right, but it's even better when you've actually played and you sweated. Mm. Regardless of a winners or losers, you sweated for it. So that's a, Arsene Wenger didn't really care, did he? He, he, he changed the goalkeeper. when it came to, He wanted to win, so he, he done that. But I think it's... And he did win. He hardest. won three or four FA Cups yeah. in recent years. So. I, think, I think when you're a goalkeeper, when you're a second or third choice keeper, you know your role in life. You sign up to that. You know it. You get the odd chance... You're, you, to me, if you weren't happy with that, then don't sign. So whether it's Gomez, who's been brilliant, or whatever, yeah. or Ruddy, they know their role. And to me, you've got to pick your number one. So it is a myth that goalkeeper, the goalkeepers' unions, they all hate each other, don't they? 
They're not great friends as they make out. Those are the FA Cup semi-finals. They're available in the UK on TalkSport, available outside the UK through our global broadcast partners around the world. Let's get to the Premier League, shall we? Want to talk about Liverpool back down in second following City's win in midweek. They can retake top against Southampton on Friday. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Right, let's get to the Premier League, shall we? Plenty of action in the world's most exciting league this weekend. Want to start on Friday night, 8 o'clock UK time, when Southampton take on Liverpool. The Saints have won five of their ten Premier League games against Liverpool at St Mary's. They've only beaten Everton more than they've beaten Liverpool on this ground. And the Saints are also looking to win three consecutive Premier League games for the first time since May 2016 when they won four back then. So, David Connolly, former Southampton striker, I think it's fair to say here, it's not a great time for Liverpool to be going to Southampton. No, I mean, they're in really good form. Um, they've used the international break, I think I spoke of earlier, uh, to work on this sort of change in shape, which which worked uh, against Brighton, went back to, he likes a four, and then basically playing similar to Watford. And they got the a really good four, result. Two, two, yes. two. Yes, absolutely. And prior to that, they got an excellent result um, against Spurs. And look, people talk about, say, the changes. You know, if Fulham had got a better man- manager, would they have maybe stayed up? Well, look, Southampton, if they'd have continued under Mark Hughes, they were getting 0. 0.6 game, 0. 0.6 points per game. They'd be on, like, 18 points. They'd be relegated. Well, Hassan Ertl's had a really good impact. You, know, you can tell the players are enjoying themselves, really high tempo, and they've often had the league in games that squandered it. That doesn't seem to be happening now. I think they're in a really good place. So I think this is, this is a really challenging game for Liverpool. It really is. I must say, I do fancy Liverpool. I'm sorry, I do fancy Southampton to get something. I've actually done that. My predictions, I really do. Just think, just seen Liverpool at Fulham, where I thought they were very, very fortunate to get that penalty, and then the late goal against Tottenham. I just think they're not. They're, they're just. They're not. They're minded. They're not ready for the position they're in at this moment in time. Liverpool. I think there's something that's showing that isn't the, the right signs for a side that's going to win the Premier League. I think luck might be on their side though at the moment as we saw against Tottenham I, I just you know they, they are not firing on all cylinders and that, that much is obvious especially compared to Manchester City at the moment who really are in, in the groove but 
they do seem to have a way of getting the job done, which is an invaluable quality. As you'll know, Paul, from all those Manchester United teams, you just when you need a goal in the last minute, you got it. You always seem to get it, and that that mm. could take them over the line. Yeah, but they're getting. There's a lot of games where they've just kind of been getting that. I mean, we had one in, in my first season of winning the Prem, in the first time, first Premier League season, I should say, against Sheffield Wednesday. Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce, two headers, and one of them was just. Fergie on the pitch. Yep, that was right. Him and Brian Kidd, and that happened that season. But the following season, where were you on the pitch at that time? I you was, remember it? Yeah, I was off the pitch on the bench. I've oh. been dragged off. We need, <laughs> we needed a goal, so they got me off. We're losing, Parker. Off you oh. get, son. Oh, oh, you know the scene. <laughs> uh, listen, I want to get back to Southampton briefly because the the, ta- the tail down the bottom of the table has been really, really interesting. It now looks like Cardiff have got a mountain to climb to stay up, which means Southampton on thirty-three points, five points clear, might just. Be be one win away. Um, you mentioned some of the changes they've made offensively, but what about defensive? What about some of these players? What about Jan Valery? We've mm. not heard of Jan Valery maybe six to eight weeks ago. The Southampton insiders might, but but I'd never heard of him. No. And also the form of Maya Yoshida has come back in. Jan Bednarek, who was phenomenal a couple of days ago as well when they won that game yeah. uh, at Brighton. I mean, the defensive improvements they've made is going to make it so hard for Liverpool, who are not free-scoring, to break them down. Yes, because I think they've actually changed how they play. Look, one way to take the pressure off a back line who are conceding a lot of goals, you know, they don't. You can become a good player overnight, but they're definitely pressing higher up the park, much, much higher up the park. They've definitely got a game plan that they all buy into, which is trying to win it high with this. I know it's been spoken about this high press or whatever it may be. And you got to remember, both managers are German. They both know each other. You know, one obviously has worked his way up through the league, so Hassan Hurtle, and he's got his chance now. But he's got a clear philosophy, a way of playing. And I think they were muddled under Hughes. They didn't really know what they were doing. For now they know. They're going to win it high. They've got a little bit of a higher defensive line, trying to take the pressure off. They've got a good goalkeeper, young gun. And their results have been, you know, they've been really, they're like fifth in the form table since, since the start of the year. So this is going to be, a, I think, a very a potential banana skin for Liverpool. I can already feel the tweets coming in. Um, He's Austrian, uh, Ralph Hasenhutl, but has had a long time in German football. Sorry. Just, just, Worked his way through German I can just football. feel the abuse coming in, so yeah. I just want to throw that out there right now. Uh, listen, let's talk a bit more about Liverpool. Managed to beat Tottenham, as David Walker said uh, last week, but it took another goalkeeper making another massive error. Was there a meeting of goalkeepers at the start of the season to give Liverpool the league? I don't know. First Baroni, uh, then Pickford, and now it's Lloris. I- I'm not sure, but again, Paul Parker, they weren't brilliant against Tottenham and in fact Tottenham with the team coming on strong at the end of that game and they won it and, and you know you've, you've as, as David says you've been in successful sides in the Premier League and we talk a lot about playing poorly and winning but that can't take you all the way there when you're up against Man City can no, it? I really don't believe it can but I do look at Liverpool and every time I look at their team he's virtually playing a midfield of free holding players there is no creativity in that midfield he's relying on the front three to you know to change the game for him and I'm sorry two out of the three are not working not working this season Firmino has been out of it I think Salah has been out of it Not it's not just about the fact he isn't scoring goals he's just not really mm. in the game things are falling apart off of him Mane has been a massive revelation from last season. His form has really picked up. His goal scoring has picked up even more. And you look at the three midfield players and you say to yourself, who is going to be in there? Who is the, who's going to be that creative link? They haven't got it. So teams are getting at them all the time. It's they, the fullbacks that are the creative the fullbacks, players, aren't yeah, they? The two fullbacks are fantastic. They're changing the ball. I've never seen fullbacks change the play to each other so many times in my life. They do it every time I saw them at Fulham. I've seen them so many times. I saw them at Crystal Palace. I've seen them do it all the time. It, 
fantastic the way they do that. And they have got that, the fullbacks are their strength. But when you're playing three in there, you know, when you saw the midfield the other day with Milner and Henderson together and Wanyama in there as not Wanyama, sorry, Van, Van Alden in there as well, you say to yourself, come on, mm. put someone in there who's going to maybe take take it off the front three, give, make an opportunity for the front three. Like a, a Shakiri. I mean, yeah. I know he's... It, it, you know, his basic form's fallen off a cliff since December. He's barely played. Mm. But you'd think someone like him would be ideal. Now, also, you could say, I look at, say, what Oli Solskjaer's done at United in terms of Rashford and Lukaku, how he's rotated those two. One's got some goals, one's been on the bench. He's taken one off, put one on, one's got some goals. Right, He's kept them really happy and, and in form. You look at Salah, who's had a busy World Cup and, you know, not a lot of rest. And and he's played what eight eight ninety minutes now without without scoring. Mm. And I, I don't know whether you know someone like an Ollie in charge. You know, would he have dipped him out? You know, and then brought him on and, and mm. nicked a goal and just freshened him up a little. Well, Firmino's I, I, dipped out, hasn't he, for a regi at times? But, Sa- but Salah, Salah hasn't. hasn't exactly. I, I don't know whether he's missed a trick there. Whether it, you know, I know it's like if you haven't scored a few. Sometimes you might think, go on, just just take us out for for a game or two and, and yeah. let me, and dip me in, and and that might get him back in form because. Yeah, they really are reliant on on say the likes of Mane at and the minute. It does look like Salah's been snatching at the chances a little bit and maybe shooting when the pass is on or vice versa. He's conscious, I think, of the fact that he hasn't scored. And I think he needs one more to get his landmark goal for yeah. Liverpool as well. He's going he? on for a long time yeah. now. You know, so it, it that probably is weighing on his mind. But I think that's the key as well. The options to, when you take him out of the team. It's a, a Rigi or Sturridge. We have to change the shape a bit, and it's not the same, is it? Uh, listen, quick quiz before we move on. We mentioned Andy Robertson there. Uh, nine assists in the Premier League this season. Only two players in Premier League history have had more in one season in the Premier League. Who are they? Farragas. It's good, but it's not right. Oh. Looking for fullbacks. Say, say it again. Oh, fullbacks. Looking oh, for fullbacks here. Right. And maybe he has been a fullback. Leighton Baines. Oh, very nice. One in already. Leighton Baines, wow. 11 in 20, uh, 2010 11. That's 11 assists that season. There is one other. Ashley Cole. Uh, it's good, but, but it's not, not right. It comes from 94 95. Paul Parker. Oh, I wish no. it was so a- much. A- cooperation. So. He never got that further, far forward. He was Dennis on the bench Irwin. when they scored. No, no. and a no. no. Anymore? Uh, 94 95. He's still very current. He's still working. He's still covering games. Uh, Stuart Pitt, no. Oh, wait, oh, no. Stuart no, 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 it's not Stuart Pierce. Do you want it? I'll tell you. It's a former England international, made his debut in 95 for England. Gary it Neville. Is... Gary Neville. No, never, Nev. Andy Hinchcliffe. Oh, wow. 94 95, 11 really? assists as well. Didn't see that coming, did you? No, I did not. No. Do you know how many assists you had in one season, Paul? Nope. Did it do stat- not them stats nope. in those days? No. Nope. They took you off before, as we know. Someone else crossed to Brucey. We yeah. It was tackles. Yeah. The only stat he was interested in was tackles. That's true. That's exactly right. <laughs> very, very high, I'm sure. Oh, he made five tackles in the game. I go, is that all? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he had a good game here. But how's five tackles in the game any good? But it's about still. 30 grand a tackle these days, isn't it? Oh, Christ, I knew I got it wrong. I'm going to blame my mum. Uh, listen, we've got to move on. Uh, I want to talk about Everton up against Arsenal. It's Sunday at five past two UK time. Uh, Everton, I thought, were fantastic against West Ham last week. West Ham are very poor, uh, but Everton played very, very well. Before we talk about the game itself, though, just a quick question on Jordan Pickford. Uh, now, I'm sure all of you out there listening and, and in the room as well would have seen some of the videos from Jordan Pickford having a, a bit of a, an altercation in, in Sunderland Town Centre following their game in the Checker Trade, Checker Trade Trophy uh, in midweek. Um, he's also had some erratic performances as well, Jordan Pickford. Do you think it's about time he gets taken out of the limelight a little bit, Jordan Pickford? He has been I reminded of his responsibilities no, by the club. I don't. I, I, I feel sorry for Jordan Pickford. I, I, I tweeted about this this week. 
look, he, he as a professional footballer and a very high-profile professional footballer, he should still know not to get drawn into a, a, a fight, a scuffle, whatever it was. But I've never experienced this, and I don't know whether you two guys have. I mean, you're not quite on Jordan Pickford's level, but you might have had a few over the years. <laughs> if people are coming up to you and filming you and taking photos, and it's all right if someone's coming up to you and asking for a selfie now and again or whatever, and it's good-natured. But you can see those guys shoving their cameras in his mm. face and then putting it on Instagram saying, oh, look, it's Butterfingers, and they're goading him and they're there all the time. He just wants to have a drink in his hometown on a day off. And I can't really blame him for you know, for doing that and wanting to do that. You can't expect these guys to just live in quarantine for their whole life. You know, People have got to enjoy themselves and be normal and be with their friends, right? He went out on a football night. Sunderland had just played in that, in that game at Wembley. The checkout, checkout cup, whatever they call it. Um, it's the checker trade, checker trade trophy. Thank you. Keep it in your head. Uh, there's nothing wrong with winning that. No, absolutely right. And he, some very good players have won it down he the years. Went out after that, so in theory, he knew what he was going into. He was going to mix with people who have been drinking. The all fans. Day. He yeah. went out with the lads, didn't yeah. he? Like he people was not a been, famous yeah, footballer. People have been drinking, at, drinking all day, so he knew what he was going into. And yes, there was. It was said that his his missus took you know took a few pelters from people. Mm. But he must have known what was going on. The moment he sensed it, he should have walked away. Yeah. Without that, and he got involved. Like you say, he's a, lo- he's a local, he's a local that, boy, but, but he should have had the sense he's a to human, then walk away. David, what do you think? Well, look, look, I, I'm a fan of Jordan. One, he was in the youth team when I was at Sunderland, so I know him well. He's a terrific lad. He's gone back to his hometown. He's not giving it the big I am. You know, if he stayed at home all day and never went out... Yeah, in and amongst his people, people might say he's living in an ivory tower, whatever. So he's out socialising with mm. his mates. Arguably, I didn't like going out with my missus at times because I felt that if someone said something, you know, there'd always be problems. Too much hassle. Too much hassle. If you go out with the lads, the only time I went, I went out with my missus and another um, player's wife. It ended up in a. F- it was Paul Bosfelt. In, in Rotterdam and he was despite being captain of Feyenoord um, basically got attacked with a baseball bat you know and that was because somebody was rude to his wife and it all kicked off and, and I just don't like that thing when you go out with your partner I, I don't know why because there's, there's other lads who don't have partners it all gets a bit messy but I don't think you can level anything particularly at Pickford because mm. he's going out in his hometown he is a, a northern lad you know he loves Sunderland he grew up there you know and he's got, he's got to you know, go out and, and what's yeah. wrong with having a couple of hours out you just get some idiot that's the problem. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Let's talk about the game. How good were Everton against West Ham or how bad were West Ham? David Connolly, what do you think is the, the biggest denominator well, here? Well, West Ham were, were woeful. Um, covered that game for TalkSport International. They were absolutely atrocious. It's one of the worst displays I've seen, certainly from a full-back in Pablo Zabaleta, oh. who was just AWOL. I don't know what he was doing. And Everton, it was like, it was like you know, they were schooling them about how to play tactically I mean they just sat in let Zabaleta bomb on for fun win the ball and just attack into his space I mean 2-0 it should have been 3 or 4-0 they were they were absolutely awful it was just a shame really because I've always been a massive fan of Zabaleta just somebody I looked at as a fullback. Mm. And every, I always kept saying he's, made, he's been one of the best fullbacks in the Premier League gone on a ever. bit too long do you think yes he's got to that point now even that mm. I looked at him early season he was still looking okay but I saw a game he played and his his legs were gone they took him mm. off at half time because he was that poor I think it, I, try, I can't remember he's like, oh it was Fulham took him off at half time as well so there is something there now he has served his purpose and when you look they've got Ryan Fredericks there they've mm. even got my cousin there Ben Johnson there at West Ham as well so they've got cover in that position somewhere along the line he's got 
I think the manager has to do his friends and someone who he trusts a favour. Let's, let's go back to Everton, rest. though. Poor old Pablo. He was annihilated by Everton. But they had some, some wonderful footballers on the day. And, and again, it was, a, it was just a virtuoso performance of Andre Gomez. We're talking here about Declan Rice maybe going to Man United, having 100 games for England. Well, I'm not too sure at the moment he's that good considering Andre Gomez just absolutely taught him a lesson last weekend. And, you know, we've spoken about Schneidlin and Garner maybe being the best balance for Everton, but when he's on form, Andre Gomez, he's right up there with some of the best in the league. Yeah, I mean, there's talk of other clubs looking at him, you know, potentially stealing him. He was one of many standout players. Dina as well. Was, they made some good signings, right? I think... They've had a bit of time to get rid of maybe some of their lesser lights, but you know certainly the likes of Gomez and Dina have been two terrific signings. And Bernard was brilliant. You know what a terrific little player he is. So um, I think look if they got a number nine Everton, if they had a standout number nine like a Jimenez or somebody, Calvert Lewin's got potential, but I, I still think they need someone else yeah. up there. They'd be a really top top side. And listen, they're up against Arsenal this weekend. We'll talk Arsenal in just a few moments' time. Let's get to Arsenal. We'll go to Everton this weekend. They find themselves at the moment right in that Champions League mix. A wonderful run of home form. Another victory for them in midweek against Newcastle. Of course, they've beaten Man United in their previous home game as well. But away from home, they continue to struggle. Just one victory in their last eight on the road. Three draws and four defeats in that time. Paul, how do they set up this weekend? Aubameyang's been on the bench in recent times with Lacazette starting. Iwobi starting up front at the moment with, with Aubameyang on the bench, which feels like I'm taking crazy pills. Mm. What do they do going forward? And also defensively, I mean, still, Socrates, Mustafi, Monreal, the mistakes, mistakes, mistakes keep on happening. I don't... I mean, I just I look at it and, you know, I'm one of them people who are sitting there going about Spurs are having a good season, yet Arsenal every so often keep going above them in the league, which doesn't make any sense. And for me, Arsenal are having a poor season, yet they are where they are with a shocking defence. Their defence, every time you see them looking at each other, arguing with each other, they give things mm. away. Mustafi's cross the other day, his own players were laughing at him with that horrendous <laughs> cross. Him at right back, and then my son's telling me, but Dad, he played right back for Germany in, a, in a, I think it was the Euros he played, at right back, and I think, wow. But, but up front, they've got quality, and that's mm. what's got them over the line. Now we're just seeing, now they're trying to get behind, and everyone's trying to beat the drums now for Ozil. He's still coasting. Mm. He's walking through games, hardly touching it, not really showing any effort, yet they're still winning games. Who I, can complain? I think I think it's a bit harsh on Arsenal to say they've had a poor season. If you consider the, how bad it got under Wenger in the last season or two, you know, at the moment they are in with a big shout of finishing the top four and they, they were nowhere near that last year, were they? Yeah, there's still problems away from home. Defensively, there are issues, but they're basically playing the only defenders they've got at the moment. Yeah. Carl Jenkinson's nearly in the team <laughs> and, you know, the great survivor that he is, he's the only one of that picture of all those young English lads that's still at the yeah. club, isn't he, from all those years ago? But I think they've done really well. Quietly, they've not. They've had a few moments where you've thought, oh, that's, you know, they've had a few bad games, but they've had some great moments as well. They've got a lot of good players going forward and I think it's, it's promising for us. I agree. I mean, you know, they're down to about, during the season, their fifth or sixth choice centre-half. Now, you tell me how, how good, you know, do you need your fifth or sixth choice centre-half mm. to be? I mean, so it's slightly unfair. They've got the same points as they did last season already, and they've got seven games left. Yeah. So, you know, I tell you what, that it wouldn't surprise me if they finished third above uh, above Tottenham. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Well, and even, with, even with that, that many games away from home. Yeah, even with that, that amount of games. And Ozil, look, he's much maligned, but I think, uh, finally, I think, you know, I'm a fan of Ozil. 
I really am. I think he's the sort of player who you should be able to get in your side yeah. for whatever reason every week. Um, and a lot of Arsenal fans will say, well, you don't watch him every week, you know, which is fair enough. But w- w- I know that he's the sort of player, if I was Lacazette and Aubameyang, I'd want him directly behind You've me. You've seen him enough, though. Everyone knows he's a quality player, but he was outshone by Aaron Ramsey, I think it's fair to say, on Monday, um, enjoying his farewell tour of Arsenal. Let's move on to Monday night football. Chelsea against West Ham. Uh, Chelsea unbeaten in the last 12 home league meetings with the Hammers. Uh, West Ham now unbeaten in three against Chelsea, home and away. Their best run for some years. Uh, starting with Chelsea, Paul Parker, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Played in midweek and was very impressive. Olivier Giroud got a rare start. And would you believe it? Eden Hazard's playing well again because he's got someone to play with. We're getting to this game on Monday. Are we going to see Giroud and Hudson-Odoi still in the starting lineup, Or is it going to be a return for the likes of Pedro and Higuain? I don't know whether to take that as a leading question because you know the answer. But I think I have to go along and say it's not going to happen. Mm. I just don't see Odoi starting that game. Hudson-Odoi starting that game. I think he'll... He's brought in Higuain. He's made a big point that he wanted him. He's going to want to play him because Higuain looks like a person who's not going to be happy sat on the bench saying that he never looks happy anyway. I'm a big fan of Giroud. I loved Giroud when he was at Arsenal because someone like him, people talk about his goals, but it's about what he gives you without the goals. And he gives you everything without the goals. Every time he's come on a sub for Chelsea, and I've been to Stamford Bridge a few times this season, he makes a difference. People are willing to give the ball to him so many times. You see Higuain, they avoid him. They do not want to give him the ball too often with his back to goal. They want him to face the goal. Yeah. Uh, tough assignment for West Ham in this one, David Connolly. Uh, we saw them get outplayed by Everton. Is there going to be some sort of reaction? Felipe Anderson should be back for this one. Uh, I can't see it. No, I think they're going to get swatted aside here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to remember, they picked up three points against Huddersfield, but they were equally bad as they were against Everton. But yeah. obviously, you know, Hernandez came on and nicked a couple of goals and, you know, they had a, a real improvement. But I think they're in awful form. Lost 2-0 to Cardiff. I mean, I, I I don't know what's going on there, but I, I can't see that that continuing. Certainly, I yeah. think someone like Pellegrini, he's, he's got to go in the summer. They need to get someone else in. I think, um, yeah, there's certainly questions about Manuel Pellegrini from some supporters. I'd be one of them. I think you'll get a second season, time to invest again, but there are issues with West Ham, You could certainly. do with just giving someone another season, yeah, I think that's, you, I really? think that's a fair point, yeah, absolutely. But there are some questions about yeah. some really atrocious showings in well, recent weeks. Look, if you look at the Everton game, they've gone with, okay, they wanted their man, Silva, but they've got an identity they've got a way of going about things he's there for the long term Pellegrini with his age and everything else I just think it's a short term fix a bit like a Ranieri at Fulham it's not going to work then again three years if he gets his three year contract that's about as long as managers last so I'm not sure he's a short term fix everyone is a bit of a short term fix but we've got to move on Bournemouth against Burnley Saturday at three o'clock Burnley looking to co- complete their first league I love your face when I do these sorts of games yeah. uh, Burnley looking to complete their first league double over Bournemouth since 99-2000 when they were both in the third tier Bournemouth winless in their last three home games previously unbeatable at home um, another season David Connolly where Bournemouth are just getting to the end of it and they'll finish 12th yeah I mean the only thing for them is I guess can they be the, the best South Coast side that's about it <laughs> can they finish above Southampton or Brighton and can they keep older someone like Ryan Fraser well, Southampton might push them you know Southampton yeah, might get there I mean. yeah, yeah. That's what, what, I mean. what about David Brooks as well yeah exactly they've got some good players I, f- I think the Fraser link is something in that yeah. I think they've got to be worried that, that they might lose someone. Because like, you've got to remember, week in, week out, if they are at home, they're playing in front of 10,000. You know, and ultimately yeah. that's not going to change for, for a lot of these places, whether it's Cam- Callum Wilson or whoever. Uh, Burnley, 33 points now, Paul. Just maybe one more win, a couple of points from safety. I mean, it, were Cardiff going to get to, to 35, 36? Probably no, not. They're, they're not going to get there now. At one point, I really, really did fancy him. It's just a shame what happened to him in that Chelsea game. 
really a shame there because Neil Warnock was maybe then thinking to himself, he's going to manage it. He's going to keep a team up yeah. for the first time in the top division. But I think even now, I think he's accepted yeah. it's not yep. going to happen. Uh, Huddersfield are gone. They take on Leicester Saturday at three o'clock. They haven't scored more than once in their last 21 Premier League home games, just eight in total. Lost eight of their last nine at the John Smiths. Leicester, the opponents this weekend. David Conley, I tell you what, Brendan Rodgers. He did come in at the right time, didn't he? The fixtures have fallen very, very nicely and Huddersfield away is the exact game you would want, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you look at... I think he came when they were 12th and they were up to 8th and you look at the players that they've got. Harvey Barnes, Damari Gray, Madison, Tielemans, all 22 and under. And that's without even the likes of Ndidi, Chilwell. Mm. I mean, they've got a really talented side. So, yeah, I think they're going to get another another three uh, three points here. That'll be, what, four wins in a row? He's had a great impact, Rogers. I bet Huddersfield win. <laughs> just out of nowhere. I bet you. I bet you they've been relegated. Depart I bet you they just go out and think, oh, let's have a go. And they might win. Well, I'll have 100 quid of you on that. Here we go. <laughs> oh. that, make sure that goes in the broadcast. That's got to go out. Uh, let's go to Newcastle Crystal Palace. One final game for this weekend. Saturday oh. at 3 o'clock. Newcastle have won their last five Premier League home games. Fantastic run. They have been on. But, Paul, you were watching Crystal Palace on uh, Wednesday against Tottenham. We're going to need to see a reaction because they were awful in that game. And usually away from home. They're one of the best in the league. Six wins on the road this campaign. Yeah, that's right. That's, I expected them to come out and come out singing and dancing because they love playing away from home against the big boys, as we know with the, at, um, the Etihad. They didn't. I don't know what Roy done to them, but he made them subdued, did the occasion get to them. But then they're going to go to Newcastle. I think they'll go to Newcastle and they'll get something because Newcastle, again, went away from home, didn't bother, were content to get beat at the, um, at the Emirates just going through the motions. They think they can get away with it at home, but i just got this funny feeling that Crystal Palace will go to Newcastle and they will win. I think that actually both of these sides are still looking over their shoulder. Now, Newcastle have got to play three of the teams beneath them, Southampton, Brighton, Fulham, and they can't really relax here. Mm. You know, Now, we all keep harking back to when Palace beat Man City away, but that seems like a sort of distant yeah. memory, really, in the form they're in. Um, Newcastle, I thought Lascelles was back against Arsenal. I thought he'd make a difference, but in the end, they just you know, just came up short. Um, I think this might be a home victory for Newcastle. I fancy them. Uh, one final question before we run out of time, because no Fulham game this week. Paul, it's the first time we, we've been had a show since, since Fulham been relegated. It has been such a woeful season for them. And in many ways, sweet relief, that loss against Watford in midweek. Yeah, and they needed to be put out of their misery. And it's happened for them. Thank it's happened away from home, for them, which is us even better. It's happened rather than be relegated in your own patch. But the next game is even more important. It's about what they go and show after it. And looking at the kind of players I've seen play from this season, it could be another miserable showing because they haven't got any character there at all. Chaps, we'll see. We're out of time for this week. Paul, David and David, thank you very much indeed. We are back with another preview show next Wednesday. Thanks a lot. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on talk sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. 
The single most important thing is to work in the channelized Bing Bingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.